0: Like this. Check it, check it, check it. It's, unique host. it's your boy, ECEO, and I'm here with the lovely, amazing, official Miss Jamaica. What's going on, man?
1: Nothing, nothing, you no, know, my day will walk on. But y'all don't forget to like and subscribe and follow us on all social media platforms, okay? We
0: got you. Man, she want them likes and subscribes, huh? Yes, hey, sir. man, we got a guy in here today, y'all. He really don't need no introduction, man. This guy right here, man, I've been watching him really for a very, very, very long time. I How always- long? Man, I can go back because I he was on Apollo, he was on a lot of different stuff. But there. you
1: make him sound old, he's not that old. Well,
0: he old enough to he done been in them same rooms where I, uh, Steve Harvey and all them other folks come through, and I'm watching them the same way. We all got this gray going now. Oh, okay. So we doing our thing. Let us live. You know, we just look better than the old niggas you used to know, man. <laughs> Check it, man. Shuck it, duck it, shuck it, duck it. Quack, quack is in the building. Quack, quack back. <laughs> man, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Man, it's a good thing, man, when you can sit down with uh, brothers that, you know, that, you know, paid away and, and created the history and the vibe for, you know, comedy, even in the Dallas market for show. Uh, mm-hmm. When I see you, uh, I'll be just checking out everything and I'm going to get into some detail, but I know how you be rolling. So I'm going to pull up for a second. Yeah, because
1: for me, I don't always know because he He said, you know, everybody know you, but I didn't know you before now, before he introduced me to you. So I need to know. Your upbringing, I need to know where you're from. Are you born and raised here?
2: Yes, I'm born and raised in Dallas, Texas, Oak Cliff. Really? Oak Cliff, down in the bottoms of 8th Street. Well, uh, first, we lived in South Dallas, which mm-hmm. is over there in Colonial. That was my first elementary school in Colonial. Then uh, we—I'll uh, take that about you know first semester. Then the second semester we moved over to Oak Cliff, mm. whereas NW Harley, whereas the the school was named after uh, a black man, mm. and uh, describe
1: so. Oak Cliff back then compared to the Oak Cliff that we know now.
2: Oak Cliff was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. You know, uh, pe- the families were more close together. Everybody was some kin to somebody. Mm-hmm. If they don't, they did not have a baby by this person and marry that person and all that kind of stuff. So it was it was a, it was a real tight knit. Everybody knew each other. On so it the was streets. more
1: about family. It wasn't about like when people when I first came here and I hear about Oak Cliff, they made it sound like it was bad. It was the ghetto. It was this. It was that. So
2: well, that didn't come in until the eighties. Okay. That, that came in the eighties when the crack epidemic came in and mm-hmm. uh, and the parents started moving uh, to the suburbs. So leaving the houses, you know, vacant, and mm-hmm. then giving them to the kids or the grandkids, the grandkids, when they, they got their either. got their education and they want to stay in the hood, they want to say, <laughs> "I'm moving on up," like the uh, jeffersons like- <laughs> And so, uh, so it, it started degrading when that crack epidemic came in.
1: Okay, so were you raised with
2: siblings? Yes, I'm the oldest of six kids. My, six kids. Oh yeah, my oldest, I'm the oldest. Uh, my mom had six kids. I say my mom had six kids before she was 22. <laughs> No, she didn't. I said the same thing. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> I said she has some more kids. I'm gonna tie her to.
1: <laughs> so did she have the six kids with your dad?
2: Uh, you now you're getting real personal. Now. I, you know I like to
1: get down now, in there. no,
2: no, no. I, I, you know, I was, I was born out of wedlock. Uh, okay. Uh, uh, then the other two was uh, one. The other, my brother came. He was out of wedlock. Then she married uh, my sister, who, who was born. He, he, my we dad him That's so was your daddy cabin. in your life I didn't get to meet him until I was like 19 I was really graduated boy he said one time my, my mama uh, had me to meet him at a, a parking garage say this is your daddy he said boy I've been looking all over you I said well you didn't look too hard cause I was right down the street <laughs> <laughs> so he lived in the same area yeah, he lived in the same area. <laughs> wow! And he was a very popular guy, but I didn't know him. As so I you was didn't know up. who he was. I didn't know who. So he was. So you never
1: asked your mom, like, "Mom, where's my dad? Who is my dad? Did you? Did she tell you that the father figure that you had in the household was not your father? Uh,
2: no, 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 no. It, the rumors around in the family, mm-hmm. we knew. Okay. Now somebody said we had a lady named Ed Lee. She was one of them nosy neighbors. Mm. I mean, she uh, Miss Kravitz. Miss Kravitz. She <laughs> told me, hey, she made everybody business. Everybody, <laughs> and you want to know. And she would say, You know, that ain't your daddy. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And then, uh, you know, she said, My daddy was Al TNT Brad. Mm. Al TNT Brad was a blues singer. Mm. And he, had, he was on KKDA radio and all that type of stuff. So they said, That was my dad. And so. When they said that was my dad, did you look him up and like I don't no, look nothing like no, him? No, uh, you know they, they had a they had a television show on Channel Eleven mm-hmm. back in the day called Operation Soul. Okay, and L T N T Brad would be on Operation Soul, and then so when Miss uh, when Miss Kravitz I'm gonna call mm-hmm, Miss Kravitz mm-hmm. but Miss Kravitz said that that's my dad, that's your dad. I start singing. Mm-hmm. I started singing mm. I, I start singing like Al TNT Brand she you know James, you now, James Brown was my idol for right. as you know want to be an entertainer uh-huh. but when she said uh, Al D Brand with my daddy boy I was, <laughs> I, was, I, was I was writing songs <laughs> <laughs> couldn't spell what the quarter but I was, writing some, I was writing the hell out of some songs
1: so how did you feel the first time you met him at 19 what other than you telling him that you were just down the street, how did that feel to you?
2: Well, I was overwhelmed because you want to you want to meet your biological father, right? And so I was overwhelmed by seeing him, and then he, he, when he saw me, he said, "Because uh, he had another son mm-hmm. named Carl, and he said he looked just like Carl, don't he? He looked just like Carl." You didn't and know he, who that was. I didn't know who Carl was. He sounded just like Carl, and then so I got a chance to go over to his house, mm-hmm. meet my grandmother and uh i met her my grandmother now my grandmother was married to you know uh uh barbecue Burrell, it was a big uh, where oh. is that at? it was in it was used to be on the show here on a street back in the day uh but it was it was barbecue uh and it, they they yeah. they, had, they had one on cedar crest but you i don't know if you're familiar with dallas but that was yeah. that was my 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 grandmother had married him oh yeah so you so you
1: had a popular family
2: I, but I didn't know it. I mean I can't you know because we was my mom was single parent and mm-hmm. she was struggling all these times, so I didn't uh, like I said I didn't meet him until I was 19, you know, so 18 to 19 I, I didn't meet him mm-hmm. till then, and then so I just started hanging around with him for a little, little short period of time. you yeah. build that relationship I build, you know because he was one thing I liked about my dad was he was a hustler. Mm. He could make he, he, he knew he can create his own jobs mm-hmm. that's what I liked about him mm-hmm. He created his own wow jobs. um yes. you know
0: being in Dallas comedy when I think back to what I my history of thinking I remember when Steve Harvey then was doing them nightclubs and you know what I'm saying was doing the comedy movement here did you link with them during that time?
2: Yeah yeah I look uh, I, well in 91 I had quit my job as a bus driver. Okay, and moved to L.A. to try to make it in L.A. Now there's a whole backstory behind that, and but, then so everything didn't go as I wanted to go in L.A. I didn't like the the vibe, sort of say. How old was you at that time? I can't think how old I was. I sure I know Rodney King got beat. Okay. That, okay, that that's yeah, yeah, I, like, I I talk I, about those times. So I I was, exactly. I was still I was in my 30s. I okay. was I was I was in them, I was in my
0: 30s. And you had had you been on the stage already before you went up there? Well, see, it's a it's a
2: long story. Let's get in that long story. A, I need to hear it's, that's it's that, a long too. it's a long story. Um uh, uh how can I tell the story? You got to you got to take me back. I got to take you way back. Yeah. If you want to go way back. Yeah. See, well, about to take you way back is Back in nineteen eighty one okay I, I met this lady when I was working at a uh, grocery store, okay, and she introduced me to Buddhism. whoa, yeah, she was a Buddhist. see see because I wanted to be a uh, 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 a preacher but but let me, let me let me let me go back to this let me tell you like this when I met my father. My father was like a hustler. I mean, he did a whole lot of different things. My father did a whole bunch of different things. You met
0: your father, and this is really? when you met that lady with the booty. No, 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 no. no.
2: I'll say okay. I met my father. I'll say it like this. Okay, I met my father, but when I was eighteen or nineteen years old. Okay. Okay, and then he introduced me to my half brother, which is Carl. Okay. Carl was a partying person. He did a lot of parties and things of that nature, so he did a whole bunch of parties. And so, uh, uh, so I'm trying to connect with my father. Now I'm trying to connect with my Bro- ha- my half brother, things of that nature. So he, when he first met me, he kind of looked me up and down, you know, you know, like uh, you know, you know, big. I wasn't no big deal, uh, you know, you know, and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was real popular because the girls knew him because he went to South Oak Cliff High School. He was real popular with the girls, and he was real popular with partying. Then so he had a partner, and him and his partner fell out over a car. Okay. Uh, and so so he no longer had no partner. At this time, I was washing buses for uh for the Dallas Transit System. I was, the, I was cleaning buses. Cleaning and things, buses. And, things, yeah. and, and then so um so he had no partner, and so I'm trying to connect and be with him. You know, get to, get to know my half brother and everything. You know, because he you know, he partying and he got the girls. I don't know. I'm be I'm be around him. So I told him, I'll go in business with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'll, I'll go in business. You know, I had the job. So we went and started getting tur- turntables and uh, getting records and uh, mixers. and All this like in that. Oak Cliff. All this in Oak Cliff. We start doing all that stuff together. And we start putting parties together, man. We, we put parties. He showed me how to go get the building, how to get the flyers, how to get out there and you know make it happen. And we used to be, boy, we used to sell out. Wow, partying! That's around. I remember one club. I remember back in the days, players. That
0: was a long time ago. Oh, there was on Carol, oh Carol and Ross yeah. over there. Yeah, Carolin. stuff like that. Yeah. Like this. During, I'm just trying to go back. R. L, L, R. J. By the lake and all oh, that. Oh yeah, lake, yes, Bob yeah. Went by, by lake. Yes, over By the lake. Yeah.
2: Northwest Highway. And y'all was over no cliff with it. We was over no cliff, but see, that's a whole different. Those are whole new different vibe. Uh, vibe. The partying party scene was totally different. Like we would get hotels and do the party. Okay, got we'd it. We go. We go. We rent out the hotel ballrooms. And and that's how we did the uh, uh, party thing. Then one time we rented it out and two guys got into it with a fight and all that type of stuff. So they kinda like slowed that down uh, for a little bit. For a little bit. for, for, For a little bit. But then again, I was partying because I wasn't a popular guy in school. I went to Roosevelt, I went to Franklin D. Roosevelt. Yeah. But I wasn't a popular guy in school. I was just like the average guy in school, a uh, ugly guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. girls pay no attention to, and all that kind of stuff. But then when I got hooked up with my brother, then everything start opening up where women start coming to me or girls start coming to me. Because now I'm, I'm, I'm popular, I'm with, my, I went with a popular brother and uh, we're doing these parties. So what was
0: your name during that time? Cecil Cicel Armstrong. Okay, you, they just knew you had Cecil Armstrong. Armstrong. It was yeah. Cecil Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And then, so, I wasn't used to, I mean, I got used to this thing. It was good. It was going fast. But something just wasn't right. My spirit wasn't right, so to say. So, in 1979. Okay. Uh seventy eight, seventy nine, I told my brother, I said, man, I'm going to give up the partying thing. I'm going to let you have the partying thing. I'm going to get in church. Wow. I'm going to go to church. So, uh you know i wanted to get to the bottom of what life was and what life was all about
0: what what um, what inspired you to even was it was just because you got tired of going through that type of lifestyle or you seen somebody that said something to you or was it just something that was inside of you that said, i want to start changing my ways
2: no nah, i uh i grew up in the church i grew okay. up in church okay okay i get Christ. it i grew up in the church I always the, the, all we knew was church i was, we had a little uh quartet singing uh so i grew up in the church and that's all I knew. And so now, after being denied these girls and this attention for so long, now I'm getting the, the attention, the church feeling came in. Okay. Mm. So I say, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back to church. But I wanted to get to the bottom of what life is and what life was really all about. You know, because I always thinking about black people's always at the bottom. Why are we always Ooh. at the bottom? What? And how
1: old were you when this was? When well, we that
2: saw was in. I was about. I was about a uh, twenty something. About twenty, maybe 24, okay, twenty four. Okay, young, soul searching. Yeah, 23, 24, something okay. in that area. And uh, so uh, uh, I just say, we, we at the bottom. Why are we at the bottom? And the uh, the thing with I could find out by going to church. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna start at church. I say, white people is, is the beginning of civilization and all that type of stuff. Where do we come from? You thought, That's back. the way I thought. Where do we come from? What do we do? Bam. So I went and got into the church and uh, Church of God in Christ. And Church of God in Christ to me was kind of a little backwards on certain different mm-hmm. things. They were real, real strict, you know. Mm-hmm. But we jammed, though. I played <laughs> drums in the church. Boy, we jammed and everything. And then so I left there and I got into the Baptist church.
1: Did you get your answers, though?
2: Well, it's, it was a long journey. They was not just, just stop. You know. I went to the Baptist church, and the Baptist church, you could do almost anything. You you know, mm-hmm. you know, just long as you on Sunday, you all all right. You know, you can you can smoke behind the pool up here. I'm not not behind the pool, <laughs> but I'm not behind the pool Behind the building, but you can behind the building and stuff like that. Just you can get away with a lot of different things okay. where you you know couldn't get at church of God in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, and all that type of stuff. But also, what at at the Baptist church, I was able to get my license. To be a preacher, mm. because uh, we you know, we uh, uh, we admired uh, preachers, you know. So I, I just don't want to be just a member in the church. I want to be something ordained. That, I want to be. I don't say about ordained, I got my license. I guess I guess <laughs> I guess you played sprinkle some water on me <laughs> and stuff like that. But then and again, because I was in the church and I just came from the partying part, I wasn't used to just being idle. Mm-hmm. So I started a radio uh, uh, show called Half Hour Gospel Power on KSKY radio right. station, 660 on your AM dial. Hey, I started at that, and I, I was doing, uh, I did that for about a year, I think. Uh, doing, thing, I was the first one to bring the Winans, the Winans, uh, the album. We went to uh, uh, Andre Crouch's house. Uh, they had the James Cleveland workshop. I went up there, they had the, went to uh, Andre Crouch, was introducing the Winans to the public. And they came out with that uh, hit song called "The Question Is," hey. and so uh, I got that album, brought it back to uh, the Dallas, and put it on my radio show, and it was a, it was a hit. You know. Wow! So, how do you get linked to a lady that is practicing Buddhism? I told you, it's a long journey. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. So, so I was doing uh, the Buddhism, and also I said since I'm going to be in church, you know, I'm going to need me a woman because I know I need me as a woman. So, I married uh, 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 a young lady. I married her, and uh, that marriage lasted about one year. Damn. You know, we let last about one year. And you were a minister at this time? No, I wasn't really a minister. Just say I was, wanted to be a minister. Okay. Because I ain't do them but three sermons. Oh, okay. I find <laughs> three sermons I know I ain't going to be no preacher. <laughs> 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 I know I ain't going to be no preacher after three sermons. You know, so, uh, uh, so, but we had separated and then so I was going through, that was in 78, 79, okay, and she got pregnant we had our child and everything. So it was just about a year. Just lasted about a year. Mm-hmm. And then so, uh, uh I was just going through, you know, separated, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, it was just, you know, you're just trying to, you know, just trying to find yourself. So, I left. I left uh, Dallas. I left Dallas. I was working at the uh, grocery store. Like I tell you, this lady came out of the grocery store. a Japanese lady came out of the grocery store, and said, oh, "Are you happy?" Mm. I said, "Yeah, I'm happy. I'm surely, I'm happy." You know, but I was uh, laughing on the outside but crying on the inside because mm-hmm. I'm going through this separation, don't know what I want to do, you know, you know, and everything. She said, oh, I want to introduce you to something. I said, okay. So she came and picked me up, and we went to Irving and was in this. And uh, you've never met her before. I never met her before. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went to Irving, and they was in this room. Different nationalities was in this room. It had a scroll, and they were chanting mm-hmm. Nam-myoho-ring-ge-kyo mm-hmm. nam you know, I dedicate my life to the universal law of cause and effect through sound. That's, that's what it meant. That's what it meant.
1: I never knew what it meant. I've always it all heard time. it, but I never knew the meaning. Say it again.
2: I dedicate my life to the universal what? No, what did I say? Yeah. you say, it Nam yo ringo. Tina Turner was practicing. Yes. Tina Turner was <laughs> practicing on I that. I see other
1: movies too. Yeah. Yeah, she
2: sure did. So uh, uh, so I was lacking the vibe, but this time I was going through like I said, I was going through, but I had a sister in Chicago and uh, I had put some resumes out to work for a radio station because I had did the KSKY thing. Wow. So I'm going to say, let me make my career be in, in radio. And then so uh, uh, they called me back and said I can come to Chicago and make, do radio sales in Chicago. And so that when she introduced me, in 1980, in the 80, or 81, 81, or 80, I went to uh, Chicago. I left Dallas and Chicago and signed up and I started practicing Buddhism for eight years. Mm. Wow, for eight you years. And stuck with that for eight, for eight years. For eight years. How because the fit? discipline that they gave I was you.
1: just about to see It ride. was the
2: discipline uh, uh, that, you, that you really enjoyed about them, is because you had to have that, that, that fighting spirit. Hey! You know, when they tell you to do something, hey! You got to go to it. Hmm. You got to sit down and make stuff uh, happen. And when we bring in uh, dignitaries, from the uh, from the set, we we'll bring them in, and we have to set up things like we're doing a presidential uh, election or a presidential mm. campaign, where we had to go have we have a control center, we have a person here got to do this, a person got to do that. We have different chores we had to do. We had to sleep in the community center to as the security guards or the protection for the for the Gahanzen. Wow!
1: And when I think about Buddha, I'm thinking about people would have to shave their heads. That, no, that's so that's a, not.
2: No. There's a certain set they have to do that. Those are more like priests. What I find out that the set that I was practicing is like the Jehovah Witnesses of Buddhism.
0: (laughs) So when you, how did you end up, I don't want to go too fast, but how did you end up Getting out of it. Right. How did what you, what end you mean up? get out of it? How did you end up I, like, up? I wasn't like I wasn't no criminal. No, you blunts. said eight years. You only did it for eight years. <laughs> I so only did then. eight years. You only because I was. For eight years. Yeah, but
2: I was on the search. I'm still. I said what I said. I want to get to the bottom of the truth. What life mm-hmm. is and what life was. But I was about. Well, I did it eight years. Then I started uh, when I started the comedy thing. When I started the comedy thing, it led me to a lot of different mm-hmm. stuff. To the Third Eye Conference, where I started learning about Afrocentric and uh, the, the pyramids, and so I got, got a chance to meet Dr. John Henry Clark.
1: So, is that the reason why you stopped doing practicing? Um, why you stepped out of Buddhism? Like at the end of the eight years, why did you say, "Okay, this is not for me. Let me keep on this search."
2: Well, what I found out, I really didn't like organized religion, sort of saying. Mm. And what I've started finding out is it became too like, it became like, I want to dress like a Japanese. I want to eat this, you know. I said, what about my culture? Mm. What about black people? Because I'm trying to get to the bottom. See, like every time a culture that's on top, seem like black people mimic those people. Is because we have no confidence within ourselves. I agree with that. You know, and so as I start getting myself concerned with that, okay, so I went into, like I said, Afrocentric. Chica- I went to went to Chicago, uh, practiced there. Uh, I lost my job. I mean, they told me give me three week, three months to get myself together as a salesperson at the radio station. Well, I didn't make a sale in a month, <laughs> and they let me go. <laughs> And so I'm sitting there. I'm I'm I'm, I'm sitting there, trying to get a, 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 a figuring out what I'm gonna do. So what I did is I had a little money left. I got me a, a, got me a, a, some Amaral, some dishwashing liquid liquid, and a and a brush. And this a guy had a service station, sitting on the corner of 51st and Cornell. So I went to him and said, "Hey man, y'all they did they, they had a service station, they had a mechanic shop in there." So I said, "Hey man, uh don't y'all need these car's clean when the uh uh when they get through service and I don't even want to turn them into a no dirty car." He, he said, "Uh yeah, we can do that So I, I want can I do that service?" So "Yeah, I'm going to I give y'all uh 5$ every every third car, y'all get 5. I get 10, first two cars is mine, the third car is yours." That's the way we did. It. Wow. And I made I made me some money. So, some how do you end up on the
0: stage doing comedy? It's a process, mm. I tell you.
2: So, so the the, the service that at Chicago wasn't working out, you know, my my, my sister found out I had made my money and I had stacked it, so next thing you know, she wanted some money. You know, kept on, I said, well, let me get me a plane ticket and get up out of here, because I'm gonna be broke, you know, dealing with, you know, cause every time I find out mm-hmm. like I got some money, she going, you know. She was she, in Chicago? Or yeah, she, in, she was in Chicago. Yeah, so you like, so, so outside yeah, South had Hyde Park, over oh, okay. there where Obama was from. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I said, let me get my money. So I came back to Dallas in '81 and uh, uh, started a car wash business in Dallas. And you know, it was kind of like it was different to Chicago. Chicago kind of close. Dallas is kind of spread out, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like working, but it, it wasn't working and things of that nature. So what I did was went around uh, some bo- painting body shops. I went around painting body shops and asked them. Do they need the cars clean? You know, to have certain, certain things. Well, this guy had a car where a woman, well, somebody threw a brick over a bridge and killed the woman in the car, and had blood and stuff and everything. is they huh? need somebody to clean that car, and so I took that job on the cleaning that car, and I did it so well, um, they kept on finding me other work to do, work to do. So I called body shops, doing the work, doing the work, and then I came up on a, a body shop that was real doing real good, very organized and they have an inside wash person, and they needed an inside wash person, and I took that job. So I took that job, and then at the meantime, I was going around the clubs, you know, because I had another friend named Hoagie, who, who's a, a DJ, and he was doing a lot of different things, and he had a band, and so I was hanging around with him, and I'd be in the club, and I'd be saying, oh, shuckeduckeducked. I just mm-hmm. said, it. you know, it, it was just a phrase that I said all the time. Uh, Where did you get the phrase from? I just don't know. It's just something that I said all the time. You know, I, if a girl go, to, if I see a, a a girl coming with some gossip, I said, "Oh, it duck."
1: So, would people say you are the originator of that
2: phrase? I am the originator of that phrase. Okay, just check I, it. I am, I am the originator of the phrase, but I can't tell you. I just go say, put this together, put this together, and say it came that way. Mm. All I can say that I'm saying the phrase. I'm saying it duck. As I was okay. saying, oh Shuck Ducky. It's just an. Fr- uh, 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 I could have got it from Suki Suki now or something. I don't know how. But, I got you. But I just okay. said it. Oh Shuck Ducky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so uh, uh and then I see a, a fine girl I say Oh Shuck Ducky. Mm-hmm. And the ladies would laugh. The ladies would. I mean, they automatically laughs, But I didn't think this was in eighty one, so I didn't really think anything about uh think think about all about that. And then so uh, so I went on and went on. And I was, was uh, the car wash thing. I was getting tired of washing these cars, so I used to work for a hospital. And so I uh, went back, <laughs> went back to them, and started working for this uh, this, this hospital in '80, uh, 80, about '82, 82. by '82 I started working for the uh, for the hospital. And so after I did the, in the hospital for a little while, I got tired of uh uh I got you know got I got a little bit tired of it. Or, 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 you know just washing pots and pans and things of that nature I want to do something big so I did the hospital thing mm-hmm. and uh, but in 1984 practicing Buddhism mm-hmm. we wanted to go to Japan to, to Mount Fuji to see the to go into the Grand temple mm-hmm. okay I didn't have any money. During this time, the phrase, where's the beef, was real popular mm. with uh, Jesse Jackson running for president of the United States. Gary Hart and Mondale also was running for president of the United States. Gary Hart got in something with Donna Rice or some sort like that. Uh, and he was talking. And so they was talking this campaign debate about policies and and. Uh, uh, Gary Hart had an economic policy that he was trying to present and and so Mondale's say uh where's the beef you know because the, the that phrase was real popular I mm-hmm. said well okay that phrase is real popular shoot I can make me some t-shirts where's the beef and sell them t-shirts and make me that three thousand dollars I need to go to Japan mm-hmm. and uh and you did well I I, I, I what, somebody told me I couldn't do it because when, phrase belongs, Wednesday, to- belongs to uh Wendy's right. but see I was reading a newspaper article and I saw the people that did the campaign for it, and I called the advertising agency in New York. The advertising agency told me to call Wendy's International, mm-hmm. and then Wendy's International told me to call Pro Sports, who had the license agreement to sell where's the beef t-shirts across the country. Mm-hmm. And so I signed with them, they sent me down the the, the promotional package with they had t-shirts in there, they had mugs, they had bumper stickers, and then they said they gonna come out with a country and western song called Where's the Beef? I said, wow. And then so Clara, the old woman, got in trouble with Wendy's for doing a spaghetti commercial, using that phrase in a mm-hmm. spaghetti commercial. Mm. Then she turned around and Without died. Without permission. Without permission. Right, because you got permission. Yeah, well I had got permission, I had, right. a, and then I had a, got a contract to, right. s- to sell. Exactly. And then so when she did that, then uh, the whole campaign kind of like died down. Mm. And then so I didn't have nothing to do. That was in '84. Then in '85, my friend Hoagie, that did the band and did GJing, he wrote a rap record called "Get Live" in '85. Mm-hmm. And so I put all my money behind promoting him. We mm-hmm. had the records printed up. Uh, we went to different clubs. We, we, you know, that was our promotion. That was my promotion. I said I'm gonna stick behind. I had posters and everything. And so I said, "Well, I man, we got to hear it because at the end of '85, ain't nothing, you know, ain't nothing else happening." And so so we worked that campaign until December. And then then when December came along, we sit down and we start talking about what we're gonna do for 86. Mm -hmm. And then Hogan said, well, I'm gonna come up with In The Mix in 86. Mm. I said, okay. I'll tell you what, y'all do the In The Mix in 86. I said, I'm gonna do this Shucky Ducky thing. I think, I think this phrase can work. I'm gonna take this whole concept from where to be, because they sent me down this promotional package. Right. So I'm just going by what they did on the promotional back. I said, Well, Hoagie, since you're a rapper, write that song, write me a Shucky Ducky theme song. Then I said, uh, The guy that was practicing Buddhism was a graphic artist. I said, Hey, man, won't you write Make me, me uh, a, a logo with a Shucky Ducky? I said, since I'm, since I'm a bus driver, put that salute in there, because every bus driver saluted itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can I wear glasses so I said I put the glasses on and everything. thing so he did that then I had another friend of mine who was a dancer she came over to shaka Decker dance I still can't do it today <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what kind of dance that was and then so while they was doing all that together I had start uh, got a hotel so I could do me a big party and this was during the March Madness of 1986 mm-hmm. there's the March Madness that's when it, it happened during the March Madness of 1986 and so I was dating this girl and uh, she called me and she said uh uh uh, what do shucky ducky mean anyway? And my mom would say instead of cursing, instead of saying shit, say shucky ducky. Ah. Uh, okay, okay, I said, yeah. And then, so my mom is a type of person who like to look up words. Mm-hmm. So we looked up the words. We shucky up, and ducky. Right. Okay. We looked up the word shucks. Shucks is a slang word that expresses. Oh, shucks. Yeah. yeah it is, it's a slang word that expresses disappointment.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Ducky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ducky. Is an Irish term or Irish phrase that expresses excitement, Mm. pleasure.
1: So they're like almost total opposites. Totally
2: opposite. And then so uh, so me and my mom put this de- de- definition together. We say, okay. hey, shucky ducky could be a phrase that mean disappointment or excitement. Instead of cursing when you stump your toe, you say, shucky ducky. Mm. If you see a fine girl or a guy you like, you say, oh, shucky, shucky ducky. ducky. <laughs> it's hot, new, and fun to say you shucky ducky in your vocabulary today. We had 10,000 flyers printed up in 1986, and every concert that came to Dallas, I was passing them out with that with that definition on it and the phrase passing it out. And
1: that was there before the
2: comedy, before, yeah, before everything? Before the comedy. Before the comedy. And then I said, you okay. You just
1: selling the phrase before people was the, even doing selling all the of that. Phrase. Okay. I got
2: with me an entertainment lawyer named uh, Jasper Rowe mm-hmm. and we did the copyrights to it. Then we turned around and did the trademark to it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, um, with i did a, a market survey because as i was driving the bus in north dallas where they had a thing called community education continuing education it was like funny it called like funny mm-hmm. so anything you need to know it was like a little course that you could take for a week or two and teach you the ins and outs so i took this course on how to market your ideas mm. i took this course on how to get publicity I did took, it help yes it helped a whole lot so when i got because jerry oaks the guy. Who I took the course from, he was the one, the, the promoter behind the Mood Ring, mm. and mm-hmm. so yeah, he did the Mood Ring, and so he uh, 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 showed me how to, you know, to really set up for marketing. So what we are gonna do is gonna do the whole shuck and ducky thing for kids, mm-hmm. and so we went and got some kids to come into the to the room, and we had this little closed-in case where we can uh, uh, see the, the kids, commercial. we can see the kids, but the kids can see us. Right. So we wanted to get there idea uh, what, of what they feel about this Decker thing. And they really wasn't really feeling it. They, you know, the kids, oh yeah. Mm. But one of the kids said, well, if Eddie Murphy was to do this, say this, this would be cool. I said, okay. Well, I knew I couldn't afford no Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I was about to say. So I said, oh, stand-up comedy. Mm. Stand-up comedy be good. But I didn't know anything about stand-up comedy. Mm. And so, what I did so because of that little kid, that's where so all I called, of that. Call for what the little kid said. Mm-hmm. And what I did was they had an open mic night down at the West End in Dallas. Mm-hmm. I went up, I told a little bus driver joke. When I came off stage, this guy said, hey, man, I like your voice and I like your stage presence. He said, there's an organization called the Comedy Gym that teaches you the ins and outs of stand-up comedy. Mm. I said, really? Yeah and it was over in Greenville in North Dallas. So I went to the Funny Bone, went there, met the guy named Sam Cox, and his partner named Arthur, and he told me, yeah, we can seat you. How much is the course? The course was like $325. I said, well, can you got a lay, layaway plan? Can I pay a little bit on here and a little bit there? He said, yeah, we can do that. Bam, so I started taking, that was in 87. 87. That was 87. So it was in 87, so I started taking that course. I did that whole course for a year. We did, uh, we would go and get the improv on a Monday night when it was closed, bring in all the people that we can, all our friends and family, so we can get three minutes to five minutes of time so we can present our comedy. So we did that for a whole year.
1: Mm-hmm. Enough
2: practice. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and then so, and uh, we did that a whole year, <laughs> but, we, but, I, but, but we made, I made my comedy debut. In 88. In March. You sure got no, it. Okay. March 14th, 1988. Mm-hmm. I, 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 bam. I feel like I was kind of like sort of ready. Sort of ready. And then so we started doing shows. And then the guy. Who,
1: who was the first person you went on the road with?
2: Went on the road like
1: with? Like a prominent name coming up.
2: Oh, shoot. I really didn't go on the road. Um uh,
1: Back then they didn't have um, comedy tours?
2: No, 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 comedy was really, in 91, 92, mm-hmm. comedy was really coming into its own. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was coming, it really was coming into its own mm-hmm. uh, because uh, back in 86, 87, 88, uh, it was mostly the white guys. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, even at the improv, comic strip live, they was a lot of high school, I mean, a lot of college uh, guys doing the comedy. Wow, um, so,
0: but who, okay, I know how to get to it. Um, uh, how did you end up on the Apollo?
2: Through Steve Harvey. How was did it, you meet Steve Harvey? Okay, just, just, I'm trying to get to it. See, okay, 88, I did my debut. Mm-hmm. So I was working through the, doing the 88, doing my little thing, doing everything I had to do. And then so the, uh, the guy that was teaching the course back in 91, he took us to L.A., in 91, he took us to L.A. for a uh, showcase at the Improv in Santa Monica. Okay. I did my little spiel in Santa Monica. Came off the stage. A guy who was a casting director for Hard Copy said, I like you. I like your comedy and everything, but I can't do anything for you in Texas. Mm. You got to come to California. So when I got back to Dallas you packed in 91, list at the bus company, I gave my rev- resignation and say, I'm going get to go. To California.
1: To
2: California. Everybody was like, man, you'll be back. <laughs> you'll you be back. They love saying I, that. I sure was trying to get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, it was, str- How long was str- did you stay in LA for? <clears throat> I stayed that time in 91. I, I went in there by June or July of 91. And I started coming back home by November of 91.
1: Oh, not very long. Not
2: very long. Because it was it was, it was a hard grind. It's a, more, a hard grind to it. So, uh, I, but I had a son back in, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And trying to do my career and still thinking about him. Mm-hmm. So I told everybody I was coming back to visit for Thanksgiving. But really, all my stuff was packed up in the car. But I really was concerned about my son. And so I came uh, came back. And then when I came back, they say, man, uh, they got a comedy thing, place at the Redbird called Vuku Ray and Steve Harvey's, you know, over that. I said, okay, I'm going to go run and meet Steve Hobbs.
1: And he was a big name at that time. No, he nah, wasn't a big name. He, no he wasn't name. a big name. No, okay. No, no, he was trying to
2: come up. He was a big name at that time. Okay. And so uh, I, I, I went to Bukure in that November, showed Steve my resume. Uh, he looked at it, you know, and then so I went in the bathroom. So I went in the bathroom and got in the stall, they came behind me. Him and his partner came behind me, and they was talking, discussing me, saying, uh, you know, he, he got this brother me here, and he, uh, he uh, uh, been around them white folks. So I don't think he's gonna be able to handle this club, you know." They
1: right. don't even know that you're in the stall.
2: Right? They don't know I'm in the stall. Yeah. They ain't gonna be able to handle these, uh, uh, you know, this black. This is black crowd. You don't even gonna handle this crowd, saying, okay? And so when they left, and I got out, then it was time for me. To, he called me up on the stage. When he called on the stage, and that shucka ducky hit, <laughs> bam. Because you know, a lot of comedians thought it was corny. A lot of comedians thought it was, you know, uh, that I was just trying to give myself a fancy name to uh, uh, to be above everybody. Mm. But what I was doing was promoting the phrase. Mm-hmm. I was trying to make a phrase popular.
1: Yeah, because you had the phrase way the, before oh, the comedy. I had
2: the phrase way before right. the comedy. So I was trying to make the phrase. Because when I first started out, it was like, Cecil Armstrong, the funniest bus driver in America, better known as Shucky Ducky. Mm. Too long.
1: Mm-hmm. Then
2: I said, okay, uh, Funniest bus ride in America, shucky too. I said, what I'm trying to promote? I said, shucky Ducky." I'm going shucky Ducky. Mm-hmm. So I went with shucky Ducky, even though, and I knew it was going to get some flack because shucky Ducky is too close to shucking and jiving. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, black people, you know, you were shucking and, you know, so they, they kind of look, you know, I knew that. But I was willing to take that risk to make that phrase popular. Mm-hmm. And it was just coming, it was just, and it took a life of its own. You know, because people didn't have to put it back to me. They put it back to me because they was liking it. Because I was really innocent and enjoy doing it out of joy right. and fun of creating something and then making it popular. Taking something from nothing and making it popular. So when, you, when,
1: did, the, sorry, when did the quack quack come it in? It
2: came in when Hoagie wrote the rap record. Mm. He wrote the rap record and he put it on there. You mean we got this crazy saying going around man, oh shucky ducky, quack quack doom, and so I just start putting it in the, in the in the phrase, bam. Shucky ducky, bam. Quack quack just put it in put it in the phrase. Oh, you got it. You know, oh. just having fun, man. just having fun and innocent. But what I find out in the comedy world, and the entertainment world, if you succeeded people, my name succeeded a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And like I, I tell people I was the internet comedian before the internet, internet. <laughs> because I went viral before a lot of comedians some comedians was established that name would went, went went past them mm-hmm. and they had to you know hey, well, I was asking about Shucky Ducky but at the same time even though I did the 88 debut and I did 91 I still was developing as comedy was concerned right. I still didn't have enough material mm-hmm. and then so uh matter of fact in 91 in 92 Steve Harvey left Vukure okay and so uh, uh, when he left I'm going I'm going with Steve Harvey I'm going where you know where the action is and and things of that nature but but uh, uh, he left in November and then so uh, uh, they got a call from Comic View they got a call from Comic View and they said hey the Comic View is looking for some Dallas comedians and they said yeah uh Steve ain't here no more. Shucky, you don't. Somebody can do it. I said, Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna hip y'all get these comedians, but then after that, I'm going with Steve. Mm-hmm. And then so uh, uh, I put it all together to get the comedians, and we draw straws so who can go first, who go second, because I wanted to be fair. Fair. Mm-hmm. So I did draw the straws, and then I was the one who got the Dallas comedians on the market. I got those who came, I was the one who put them out there.
0: Wow. So let's go back a little bit. I want to go back to. You working with Steve Harvey at Vuku uh, Lounge. I Vuku Ray. Vuku Ray. I want, I want to hear about that part. You know, like how was it working with Steve in these club, Not only Steve, but whoever else. Well, there'll be, was it Nanette Lee or anybody that, who came through there? What was it like? What was that chemistry like? Man, it was hot,
2: man. That's what that I want to talk Buku, about. Vuku Ray was hot. Uh, we had uh, Dallas Cowboys coming in there, we had uh, celebrities coming in there. Uh, people came to that area because it was really hot. And Steve, I mean, St- Steve was the the, the force be- behind it because what, what Steve did, what happened when they started the comedy view, I mean, the Vucure, when they started it, they did, I think, Joe Torre. They did Chris Thomas. And they wasn't getting successful crowds in there. And so they was going to shut it down. And Steve Harvey was the next person up. So Steve Harvey came in and they didn't tell him that they was going to shut it down. And Steve said, no, 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 man, don't, don't shut it down. Don't, no, no, no. He said, get me on the radio. He said, get me on the radio. And they hooked up with uh, Willis Johnson, KKKDA. And Steve Harvey went on that radio. Bam. That's, that that place started filling up. Wow. Filling up. And then Steve started bringing in some the top comedians. D.L. Hughley, uh, A.J. Jamal, uh, Bernie Mac, he start bringing them. He start bringing, bringing them in, bringing them in. That place was rocking, rocking. It rocked from ninety two. I know from ninety two. Till he left in in, in November. Of what about
0: uh, Bernie Mac? You, you brought his name on. Big Bernie Mac fan mm-hmm. as well. R.I.P. to Bernie Mac. Like, how was it? Did you get to meet and talk with Bernie Mac? Yeah, I talked with Bernie Mac. Okay, what was that conversation like?
2: Not much. I mean, you know, very, he had very little words to say, but, you know, he was still developing his... his, his yeah, his, at that his, time, it was early in stage. Itself, you know, uh... uh you know, but I didn't talk. I mean, I wasn't like a buddy buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, buddy, just, buddy, pass like, or, or you know, just passing or standing around conversing. Yeah, yeah,
2: but you, you know, he, he was still like everybody. You know, like everybody else.
0: What did you think when you seen how his career? Because I want to talk about him for a second. How his career blemished? You know, after I mean, you know, how it blew up after that. After what? After you know, after all the years, and you start seeing him on TV, you start because he passed away. Now, I just want to know how how you thought what you thought about it.
2: Well, you know the. To make it big, you got to have a you got to have an organization around you. Yeah, of course. You got to have a, a managers, talent. You know, there's a lot of deals that's made that you know to get you where you need to get to, and a lot of relationships that you have with other people. Uh, but Bernie Mack just had he had that flair you know, where he just you know kept kept on grinding, kept on grinding, kept on grinding, you know. But you know, he uh, Bernie Mack was on Def Jam twice. Okay, he was at uh, the first time it was just. Just regular. Then the second time, when that person got booed, and he had to go out there, and he did. I ain't scared of you, mother. When he did that, that phrase right there, parallel, put him up there. That's what put that him, phrase. That phrase. That attitude. See, because it's, it's not really the material. It's your confidence, your your swagger, your style. Yeah. All of that plays a uh, uh, plays a part into it. And he did when he did that. That that, that paralleled him right there. Wow, and so you, and, that, and that took him to where he needed
0: to be to that get took to him,
2: notice. Yeah, it took him to uh, where he wanted to be. And then when the Kings of Comedy pulled, uh, they put all that Remember together. That? Uh, when they put that together, then you know, Bernie Mac was the was the strongest. Well, well, said say he really closed, but when they they edited, they made it, Bernie Mac uh, look like the closer because they was he had the high uh, pitch on it. But but you know. But Bernie Mac was was a was a force. Yeah, Bernie a, Mac he, was a, he was a force.
0: Was a force. Uh, Steve being at that club and then leaving and you know he blew up. You went with him finally, like you wanted
2: to. I went. See, the thing with Steve, Steve was very helpful to me. Um, I, I, I got to give him. Yeah, property. He, he was very some good helpful. Conversations he, and stuff. He, he, he was very. I didn't. I didn't talk. He didn't that. talk to him either. I talked. I mean, I, I'm a loner, man. So you didn't really talk with him. Well, I'm a, this I'm going to tell you the reason why I don't really. Uh, Get, I don't say get along with other comedians or get along with people. All my life has always been, a, I've been a sidekick to people. All my life has been, like with my brother, okay, if they, you know, we did the partying thing, you know, so I was riding off of his thing. When I was in the college, uh, it was a guy who's a musician who did, I was riding off his thing. When I was in elementary school, this guy named Keith, who was a fast track star, I was hanging with him. But when I started saying something, got a good day character that I didn't like, it didn't fit my mind. Then I'm shunned. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I'm I'm shunned. So my thing was, I got to be my own self-man and stand alone, whether it take me a hundred years, or two years, or whatever it is, I've got to be my own self-man.
0: But to be in the, how long was you over there at the at the uh, Vuku with uh, Steve?
2: Uh, we we was we. we but from November to November of for a uh, year, uh, yeah, for about a year, and you guys would
0: see each other passing, and y'all yeah. would have to work together and conversate. So, yeah. and you say it helped but, you a lot, but
2: how was it? Yeah, but Steve was a, was a very shy person too. Steve, okay. See, he didn't he didn't associate with a lot of people. See, Steve know how to Steve know how to maneuver behind the scenes. Steve know what what he, Steve is a business type of thing thinking person. He know how to strategize. He know what to do. So as he
0: was dealing with you, uh, how did how did he how did he help you in your career? He got
2: me on Apollo. When he when he got got a, a selector for Apollo, he said, "I'm gonna get you on Apollo." He, he came yeah. to you and told you that. Yeah, he said, you gonna get me on Apollo." He said, "He's gonna get me." On how, Apollo. Did he, how did he come go? <laughs> he just walked in the room and because told you? I was because I was working with him a lot. I mean, I I I like I said, I don't get in nobody's way. Yeah, and I, I'm I'm not really. Uh, he liked your personality. He liked me. Yeah, you know, he, he, he liked me. Do you still talk to him today? <laughs> no, I do not talk to him there. When not? the last time you spoke to Steve? Harvey? It's been a long time. What? Ten years? Long time. <laughs> Fifteen years. Long time, man. I ain't talked to <laughs> him twenty years. I ain't talked to him. I ain't, I ain't talked talk to him. Why do you? I guess because people evolve people and move on. Yeah, I mean, he's on a different level than I am. For as you know, me. I'm gonna tell you. I'm, I'm gonna say, at Vuku me and Steve were sitting in a limousine. The lines wrapped around the building. Steve Harvey, we in the limousine. Steve said, said, look at that shop. Look at that line. He said, I'm going to be big, man. I'm going to be big as Eddie Murphy. I said, yeah, right.
1: So you didn't believe it?
2: No, I mean, I, mean, I just yeah, right. You know, he's big, just big as Eddie Murphy. He had to do more work mm-hmm. than Eddie Murphy. But he's just as big.
1: You had to see him. Cause you see him because you saw him coming from where he came from to where he is today. But you said he did, he did more work than Eddie Murphy. But you don't know how much work Eddie Murphy did, do you?
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, Eddie Murphy did movies and did certain live where he blew up. Mm-hmm. See, Eddie Murphy create put the sex appeal into comedy. Whereas Steve Harvey had to do a lot, he did radio, he did television, he did. That's what I'm saying when he did. He had to do so much to get there Mm -hmm. for his. But see, what really, excuse me, what really put Steve Harvey over was that book. Mm -hmm. That what made him bigger than than life was that book. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, but when you, when,
0: when you say you, you guys were sitting in limos together, mm-hmm. I know he talked about sleeping in car, cars didn't have much when he first was, you know, in Dallas and all mm-hmm. that. And, you know, just the way he got to Apollo. When he takes you and you guys go to Apollo, when he say, I'm going to get you on there, he already doing the uh, the uh, hosting Apollo at that time? Yeah, he hosting Apollo at that and time. And he just said, I'm going to get
2: you on there. Well, he said that <clears throat> at the club that he's gonna give me on the Apollo. He said, I just got on. But I wasn't the only somebody, you know, he had a whole bunch of people. Correct. You know. Then we went over my over my material and he told me he need to do this, do this, do this. You know, Apollo's like this, New York is like this. So he did, you know, he you know, he did. That. With you. you know, he, 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 he talked with me. And so when I did it and I hit it, I mean I knocked it out of the park. And uh uh but then again, he was kind of type he the type of person though, that if you if you do something for you, you you better. You got to praise him. You gonna have to praise him about. So you you got to kiss up to him. You got to praise him. You know. in what way though? you know, just you know, who who got you on Apollo? Oh, he say that in front of people. So he, I don't say about, I don't say about in front of people. But then you say, who got you on Apollo? You know, like that. You know, yeah, you did. I appreciate that. You know, but you know, I had to do something too. You know, I, you know, I, you know, just you know, but me on. That was part of it. That's good,
1: but to me, that's good in some sort of because you have a lot of people who help people and. People act like they're the only ones who did it. Nobody actually gave them right. a leg up. So I admire that because sometimes, honestly, some people have to, you have to drill it in people's head. because Steve, people don't you have think to about a
2: lot it. of people. He gave advice to a lot of people. Some people took it, didn't like it, and some people liked right. it. So you have to take it. For, and, but, I, but you have to take criticism and uh, uh, well, in instruction or advice. It's up to you to decide whether you want to use it or not. Yeah. Now there's a lot of stuff I should have used that that he gave me. You know, told me to give me a lawyer, give me uh, this. You know, and you didn't. Well, I did. I, I, you know, I, I did. You know, but I didn't get the right one. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so uh, so it's a lot of stuff he did. I mean, Steve, it, 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 he, I, he didn't do anything to me. Right now, nah, he might de- now. Nah, people come to me that they said they not de- He did something to them, but he never done any really thing to me.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard so many different stories on Steve yeah. good and bad. Right, because he's such a big name, he's gonna you. are gonna
2: get you gonna get that. Yeah, yeah, you're gonna get a whole lot of people. I mean, they lie on me. Yeah, you know. Uh, so, but I what's
1: ain't. the biggest lie you've ever heard about you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that I got booed. Uh, that I got booed uh, on Def Jam. The, and then, then and the, it didn't happen. And, and then uh, uh and then Chris Rock uh destroyed my career. How did Chris Where R-
1: did that come from?
2: That yeah uh Mike Epps said that. Mike Epps said that on uh, on The Breakfast Club.
1: Why would he say something like that?
2: Because okay, when I when I did Def Jam, I had to go I it had to go so much, so back, so much stuff happening. See when I tried to get on Def Jam in ninety one, okay. I gave Steve Harvey the tape. Steve always showed it to the Def Jam people. Mm-hmm. And the Def Jam people said, "Nah, I don't think he can, you know, do the same thing that Steve said. He can't do no, you know, no black cut. They said, mm-hmm. Steve said they didn't, they didn't, they don't think he can do it. I said, okay. Then so Bill Bellamy came down to Boo Boo Ray, do the show. So I was working with B- Bill Bellamy. And Bill Bellamy lived in New Jersey and the peppermint room made the decisions on who can be on Def Jam. So Bill Bellamy told me, hey man, why not you come up to, uh, uh, New Jersey So when the tickets Got real cheap I got me a ticket Went up there Did real good Came down The guy uh, Bob Saunders said You're gonna be on Def Jam And I said okay So I get back to Dallas We're on the Tom Jonah show I whispered to Tom Jonah About it He said can we talk about it I said no we can't talk about it and then uh, he kept on nugging me and I said, yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> Y'all gonna be on, uh, be on Def Jam. He said, "Shug sure gonna be on Def Jam, bam. And then when Def Jam came to do the errand, they didn't call me. Wow. Mm. Then, But I called them. And then they sent me a letter saying, "You, ca- we call you, don't you call us. Ooh. wow. <laughs> you know and then so and and, and I uh, then I just said man they don't want to they want that old nasty comedy they don't want that you know clean mm-hmm. comedy because I had to sit back and realize I didn't really fit Def Jam mold mm. I wasn't really talking about go, you know pussy. you know I was yeah, I what you I, end
0: up on I, there right
2: I, yeah well because what happened Bill Cosby said something about Def Jam and then they changed hosts Martin left and so they got Joe Tory to be the okay. host. So they, now they need a new crop of comedians. Mm. And since so I was working with Tina Graham, who was, a, was an assistant to Bob Sumner, so she, she was pushing for me to get on there. And then I finally got on. But they wouldn't expecting me to hit like I hit. I mean, I yeah. didn't knock them out the park. But you I didn't have them, them. But I was I But I was steady in my jokes, and I was steady. In the, in the performance. So who was
0: hosting when you, was Joe Torrey? Joe host? Torrey was the host. When, when Joe Torrey was hosting and everything, was, was Steve still involved at this time or no?
2: Uh, I, think we, I think we was, I think we was going out, I think we had, because the club had broke up. Uh, I think it was going out. Uh, Several ways Several ways, time. everything. That, That's that, did I you go on the Def Jam? Def Jam and so now they're coming back with the All-Star Def Jam. This is where you get a celebrity host and the person that did good on Def Jam headlined. Okay, Okay. I was picked. I was picked. I did Def Jam one time. Now I'm a celebrity, I'm, I'm, I'm an all-star Def Jam participant. Okay, the person that's gonna host Mines is Chris Rock. Okay. All right, and then so uh, Chris Rock was gonna host Mines and then they said um, they wanted to change my manager called me. Say he want to change. They want to change from Chris Rock to Mark Curry. They want Mark. They want. They want to be with Mark Curry. You, you want to change from Mark Curry for Chris? I said no. I want to. I'm to stay with Chris Rock. Cause Chris Rock knows Eddie Murphy. Because the reason why I did the doing the stand up comedy. Because what the little boy said. If Eddie Murphy was to do this. Yeah. Maybe I can feel that right. friendship. But it? And so I said, okay, we'll do it that way. Also, I still wasn't developed. I really, I don't have about so many minutes worth of material. Yeah, and then I had some sure power, power. But I'm a marketer, so if I know if I give up all of this, this, this other good material, I'm gonna have to start writing. And I know I'm not a great writer, so I was dancing around those jokes, just dancing around, putting patching here and patching that and patching that. Even though it worked a little. Cause you know, you can go and edit and make stuff look good. It, it, it you know, get good. So I dance. The comedians know what I was doing. You know, maybe the audience didn't know what I was doing. And then so when Chris Rock, uh, Okay, he's talking. Shaggy Ducky needs some jokey wokies. <laughs> oh, he said that. He said that. He said, "Whoa, it, wait duckies. a
0: minute! This is good stuff now. Boss we'll <laughs> talk can get in there now." He wait <laughs> a minute, I didn't hear that. See, yeah, he now, said Chucky Ducky needs some, need some what? Jokey wokies. Man, come yeah.
2: on, bro. So he done out at you, and he said that on the stage. Yeah, he said it on the stage, but it didn't air because reason why? Do you know why it didn't air? Why? Because I told him not to air it. You told him don't air it. I told him. And they listened to you. They didn't have to listen to me. They listened to you, though. Yeah, you know. So when Chris Rock said that, did you ever
0: talk to him or say anything to him? You no, know?
2: we we hugged. He said, um, you know, uh, he, 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 we hugged a little bit when he's uh, and he said we gonna get you, I'm gonna get you something or do something like that. But you know, my ego and your and your, you know, you have your ego like um, you ain't gonna just throw me no bone. You know, exactly. You know, my you know, my ego. He wanted to try to make it up to you because he said that. I don't know if he wanted to make it. Now, I didn't get the chance to get the friendship to. Uh, to do that, like but, I said, I'm a loner. I, I but and he really he said that. Might, yeah, he might for a reason, right? But then when I think
1: that. about comedians, comedians be on stage saying all sorts of stuff about everybody else, right. and you know, so it's but just got, you
2: got to understand talk. this, though. I wasn't a genuine comedian. Correct. I was a person who's trying to create a phrase C- and make the phrase right. pop- popular. So, so I don't really didn't know all know the that. culture, and my thing was I wasn't good at talking about people in the audience or talking about nobody because I had all kinds of faults. You can just wipe my ass out.
0: You know? <laughs> I gotta ask you this now. You you shouldn't have said all that because Why now you gotta answer, you gotta answer this. Why? Because you done gave me too much information. Uh, when 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 Chris Rock gets slapped on stage, at this point, this been years, this later, years later now, after. but you see this because the world
2: reacted to it. What did you think? Well, I didn't even see it. Uh, bro- man called me. Uh, <laughs> Bruhman called you? man called me, Hamburger called me. Jokey, uh, uh, did you see it? See what? <laughs> I didn't see nothing. Cause they knew the story about Jokey Wokey too. They knew the story, yeah. They see knew, what I'm they, saying, they, no, they, this they, makes they, sense they, to me. They, they, they knew the story. And I said, uh, I said, no. And then they said, bam, he, he, he slapped Kurt up. So I had to go back and go go find s- it. Go find it. And then I started saying, I said, oh, okay, you know, I don't condone the slap but I understand. (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: no. no. You know, I get it because I understand, you know, cause you know, the Bible say you reap what you sow. You know, I know you studied Buddhism. I studied the Bible. Yeah. But if you do something, it'll come back on you. That's why you got to be careful what you do. Cause everybody's watching y'all's careers. But in that case,
1: everybody's done something at one point or the other.
0: But at the end of the day, I'm just saying some people's come in some way. Some people come in another way. I'm just saying that was a, that was a, a, if I'm looking as a person to spectate, I'm going to say, dang, you know, he had his run on saying certain things about certain people where people didn't like it before.
2: Yeah, yeah. He done said a lot of stuff, like? man. And he, he, used to, he, used to, he used to down the Def Jam comedians. See what I'm saying? Because yeah. mm. you know what he said? Because uh, uh, I, I told him, don't air mines. You know what his uh, agent told me when we was in the fire escape talking about it? He wanted to know how did Chuckie Duckie get so popular and he only did one Def Jam. Yeah, he didn't know the
0: work God had been using you to do when, you was, when he was working and doing all the passing the flyers out, putting right. his name out there. That was a foundation bill. But you know, some things Chuckie Duckie ain't for everybody to no, even it, know. Right. So he ain't going
2: to know everything. Right, he didn't know that. He, right. I mean, he didn't, didn't a, know that. But see, in this business, as a stand-up comedy, you want your name to reign supreme. I don't want to have how to put funny... Hilarious. All I had to want to put is Shucky, shucky ducky, ducky, Bernie Mac, Steve Harvey, Kevin Hart. You know they funny. Mm-hmm. But your name rang just and, like that but, right but, to this day. I know. It's, and, 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 and even when I had Slack, and I'm going to tell you another thing. I had my nervous breakdown on stage too. I had a, I had a, on stage? I had a nervous breakdown on stage. Uh, after, I, after I did the, uh, the Def Jam, all this stuff was happening. I uh, I got cast in a in a, in a stage play
1: mm-hmm.
2: called A Fool in His Money. David Tower, the guy who did Baggage Claim, and the first Sunday,
0: mm-hmm.
2: he the one produced that uh, a stage play. Yeah, and I played Uncle Skeeter in the play, and uh, I did such a good job, I became second billing. You know, the second person to be mm-hmm. uh, introduced next next to the last person, be introduced, and uh, so I did that. And then the, the the comedy just wasn't going like you know just like it went, like I wanted to because I still couldn't get it developed like I wanted to because I did the stage play, so I did another uh, stage play called A Woman's Fed Up.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I did Woman's Fed Up, and uh, at the meantime, they called me to do some stand up. I still wasn't right where I needed to be. So the guy said, "Man, we got you on. It paid me some pretty good money." And he said, uh, uh, you gonna headline. So I get to, this was in Saginaw, Michigan. I get to Saginaw, Michigan, and uh, I'm gonna headline this thing, but I'm kind of nervous. Because I still, you know, I just feel like I ain't, I'm just not Still okay. not confident. I feel confident. like not, I'm not the right kind of comedian. I still ain't really got it, really. So I asked the guy, I said, Man, can I host the show? Oh, no, you can't host the show. You've you're headline. you the headline. You're the, the, the big name on it, on the ticket. You know, I said, <laughs> I said Oh, okay. He said, Oh you, then you know how do the, the black people do you? You scared? Are you scared? I said, No, I ain't scared. No, I ain't scared. And I was scared. I was scared. <laughs> and then so uh uh so I said, Well let me take a drink. I give me a drink and uh you know, maybe I give me a little
1: Nerf. calm me down. So
2: mm-hmm. I took that first drink, then I went, uh back Were to you state. drinking at that time? Were you like a drinker? I was not really, not a really, 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 really. But he's nervous. He trying to cool. He trying, try, try, trying, cool trying to get himself I am trying to get myself drinking. together. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be uh, be boss on be boss on that you damn He to show up with that, with that S on his chest, right there. And then, yeah. so, uh, uh, I took that drink, and then I uh, got behind the stage, took another drink, and then his wife gave me a drink. <laughs> Too many drinks. I was the last one. <laughs> time I hit that stage, all three of them drinks hit in at the same time. I must have said the same jokes about I don't know how many times. I must have said I lost my pockets. I cost, I cut the sound man out, the light man out. I was embarrassed like I was, I was embarrassed. Guilty. I said, God dog. I said, boy, I was just so embarrassed by that. Then I say, then the circus called me. The circus called and asked me, do I want to you know do? Because the they saw me in this play with this girl, so they thought me would be a good combination. So they called yeah I, I, I'll take the meeting to see what was going on and I took the meeting and next thing you know I'm the ringmaster for the Universe Soul Circus mm. wow I ring so, so I did that for almost five to eight years almost wow. ten years wow doing that that's hard uh, 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 Doing that
1: I don't know why What comes to my mind When you're saying All this stuff Is the father Where he said He can make a job Out of anything can Make a job Out <laughs> of anything yeah, yeah, and,
2: and that's and that's, that, that's what happened to me I'll take a job I'll make mm-hmm. a job I ain't, ain't too got no pride To do Even the pandemic I, I started a, uh, Cause I know I wasn't a no top Billing comedian mm-hmm. And a lot of you know, Everybody started podcasts and all that. I'm a man Physically worker I yeah. like physically work yeah. And so I, so I started a lawn service Business I, I made money Doing lawn service. service.
0: I wanna ask you about, I wanna go back question. to Steve. I'm not to Steve, to the to the Apollo. I gotta get back into that Apollo, is yours? It's anyone? not
1: about Apollo, but you know, with the com- comedy that you've been talking about, you keep saying that you didn't feel like your comedy was up to the par where you wanted it to be. When, in all this time, when did you feel like you reached to that point? Did you ever reach to that point?
2: I reached, well, I started watching Kevin Hart. Wow. Because I said, where well, am I gonna get the material from? Okay. Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, Bill Cosby are superstars. Mm-hmm. We we'll we feel like we'd never get to that point. But the person that really brought black comedians to a point where they can be feel good and comfortable and lucrative was Robin Harris. We watched Robin Harris. We all could be a Robin Harris. Might not even get an Eddie Murphy, or Richard Pryor, or Bill Cosby, but we can get to that, we can get to that Robin Harris because he was down home. And I we and, and, uh, we, lo- uh, we loved it, so we so get there, but it wasn't until I saw Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart talks about his life. I say, well, shoot, if you talk about his life, man, I got a whole bunch of stories I can talk about, but how could I put it in the, into that comic feel. feel? And then that's what I've been doing. I, I just I left Germany. I went to Germany. Uh, yeah, we talked while you was in Germany. Germany, I talk, Germany shoot. I, I I let it go. See, my thing was I had to start letting loose. I wasn't letting loose. I wasn't being. I wasn't loose. I yeah. was too trying to be nice Structure. guy, trying to be structured, trying to be this. I said I got to let it loose. When wow. I let it loose, them jokes is coming. Kevin Hart is a different
0: animal when it come down to just being himself and talking about his family too, and doing his thing. Right, and, and you see his whole layout and in in the way his comedy came. He had some downfalls before his peak. And that helps too, right? Like, like, because yeah, nobody didn't expect him to be the Kevin Hardy years is day. When I talked to On Love, he was like, he, he, you talking about Blackfoot? You know, he was just a dude that was
2: around." You well, know, uh, Kevin Hard worked hard, and he learned from Dane Cook for as marketing is concerned. Yeah, and uh, he took a chance on himself for it as going to uh, clubs. You know, I, I read the story. I got his books. I mean, I, I read all. I bought Chris Rock book. Bernie Max book, uh, Sid's book, Deal I buy. I mean, I buy books and I read. I support them. They don't know I'm supporting them. Yeah. But I support they them. They know I, now. I, I, you know, I don't. You know, I, I support them. I don't say. I don't say very much. They all, a lot of comedians put me down and so on so, But I don't say much, man. No. I, ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing to prove to That's nobody. Because I, I did what I had to do. My name still reigns for supreme, whether oh, it's good or bad. Because Chuck E. Dougie means disappointment or excitement. So you go if you go talk to me on the bad side, you got me. Talk on the good side, you got me. Let me. Ask
0: you about the Apollo? I was going a while ago. Um, just to get back to, it. did you? What I know, Jamie Fox used to be around that every now and then. Did you ever run into Jamie when you were? No, I saw Jamie at the comedy store,
2: but I didn't. You know, that uh, you know, just passing, passing my, by, my, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But but the reason I say that because at that Apollo, it was. Um, I mean, did you go on as a act, or or did you get
2: booed, or was it? No, you, I didn't get booed. You I, did I went go on, on as an act. Was, okay. as a as a, as a uh, special comedian, as a special comedian. Yeah. Okay, there you Steve go. Steve Harvey so, got me on as so a. So when you comedian.
0: when you came out, how was the energy, and how many times did you even do to Apollo? I did Apollo one time. Okay,
2: it was good. It was good. I mean, I was just bit. I was just myself. I just I was just myself and I did I did good. I yeah. mean I did. I, I, the 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 tape is on on my Facebook page is on my YouTube channel. But how was it? How was it when you come out there? What what
0: made New York and that whole situation different than what you'd ever face? A
2: lot of times we're afraid of New York because we think New York is a hard people uh, and things of that nature. I was kind of concerned about it being in New York. Because it's shucky Ducky, I said, "Oh man, they're gonna think I'm country and all that kind of fun." I found them joking just as country as we are. Yeah, some of the people come from Mississippi and Alabama, uh, you know, so the, uh, they up in up in New York, so they really enjoyed you know what I did. I mean, they had they had good. And matter of fact, when I left the Apollo that night, I performed. Tina Graham was there. She said, well, they got a club. They got a club over cross from Apollo called the Perk Club, the Perkins Club or something yeah, like that. We were just club. in New York yeah, when I called yeah. you, and I, we was over there by there. It was a Perkins Club. And so they had a comedy night that night, and I just came off this high of being at the Apollo, and there was some gangsters in there, hey. and uh, they were saying, uh, this gangster put up, this, I got $100 somebody can make me laugh, because ain't nobody made them laugh all night. $100. You put it up. I walked out there with that $100 in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, that's good stuff. So you wasn't playing no games with them. Because I had the joy of comedy. It wasn't it was just having fun with it. I wasn't in the competition with people. I just like to have fun and tell my jokes, and I learned the way of phrasing the jokes from the comedy class. Okay. Okay, now now you're trying to bring black experience into it. See, because I wasn't a comedian that goes deep to, to sexual or to talking about white people and this all that. I wasn't that type of a comedian. So at that era, Def Jam was an era of bam, in your face type of a comedy. Wasn't no inter- intellectual type of a comedy. It wasn't comedy you got to think. If you got to think about the comedy, in the black clubs, they ain't don't wanna hear that. You, you, you <coughs> was on BET Comic View. I did Comic View.
0: What was what was that like dealing with BET and dealing with you know that whole setup that they had arranged for that programming? That was that was
2: that was that was that was really good. I mean, matter of fact, like I said, I got the comedians uh, from Dallas to get on a uh, uh, comic view. But how
0: was it? Did they did they they just filmed it here and broadcasted it, or where did they, they have the to first, go somewhere?
2: Where, how was it? Well, they they filmed the well, the, the one that they, they filmed all the people here when I okay. gave the straws. So they they showed little clips from the Vukure type of thing. Okay. Then they started the contest. Okay. DL was getting ready to leave. I think DL was getting ready, suing them. They had a problem with DL, or DL had a problem with them, and so they was getting ready to uh, DL's to uh, go. So in order for them to come up with a host, they did the contest, mm. and so Cedric became that uh, became the new host of Comic View, and then so I just got into the contest just for. Exposure of Chucky uh, Chuck Duck. Chuck you always on I, that stage. Uh, yeah, I, I was just. Gonna, I, got, I just wanted to get the exposure. I didn't want to win nothing. I because I knew what my material was. I, I couldn't just go getting that name I out. I just get the name it. out. That's all it was. And
0: then I wind up winning. And then that's that's what God I, do. You see, I, I, I wind up
2: winning a thirty minute special, man. And that didn't help. I say, man, they got thirty minutes of jokes. Nah, no, I ain't have no thirty minutes of jokes. I, I said I ain't have no thirty minutes of jokes, and then I said I said back I told him I, said, I got a problem. He said what? I won. He said what's your problem? I ain't got no jokes. Wow. And then so, but I had I wrote this thing back in eighty uh, one, titled "Ashamed of Being Black." I wrote that little piece. I put it on that
0: special. Man, that's mm-hmm. hard, man. So after that, what was the next one? You did uh, the Indian Def Jam, mm-hmm. and Def Jam was one where. Uh, you know, that was some all these things was so popping back during that time. All of them was that popping. was the hottest things out during that time.
2: But see, between that ninety two and ninety four, I was hitting everything. I was on everything. I was on Apollo, I was on these Comic View, I was on Def Jam, I was on Uptown Comedy Yeah, Uptown uh Uptown Comedy Club. I was on everything. So I was popping bam. You Every, did your thing everywhere. everywhere. You know, so uh, but I, I was I was trying to find people to help me get there. Let me ask you this, because and and I'm a,
0: you know the thing I want to understand is Right now we got a different time, and a lot of times people get caught in a maze. Uh, I talked to all the comedians. Mm-hmm. I talked to uh, Faison. I talked to Carlos Miller. I talked to all of them. I've talked to Country Wayne. I've talked to a bunch of these guys. Um, Alex Thomas, uh, Ron G, right, and and the list goes on two different type of comics. And I always ask this question to everybody. When the internet phase came, you had these comics that they learned the internet. Je, matter of fact, Kevin Hart's one of them, actually, uh, that he figures that out, too, because he's just dope. But a lot of times, people struggle with these two worlds. One is the internet world, where these comic, the, you got the internet skits, the comics, they jump up two, three, one minute, they do their thing. Then you got the traditional ones like yourself who stand on that stage, uh, had, had that pressure put on them. You know, both two different companies making money. Both of them made them worlds making money today. How are you learning to maneuver in them? Do you think the the internet one is one to respect? Or do you think it's one where they gotta grow some more? Or do you feel like the one that basically the
2: traditional way is the way? Both of them are the way. Both of them in the way. I, I applaud the internet comedians. See, when we were coming up, we had to work on our act, then get exposure. Now you can get exposure, now you got to work on your act. It's yeah. just reverse. It just That's reversed. That's all it is. You know, yeah, there's no really no school for comedians, even though I went to a comedy gym type of a thing. If you want to get out there, the only way you're going to get good at comedy, you got to get on that stage each and every day. And the more you get on that stage, the more you express your feelings, the more you get your voice to who you are. Not what somebody else wants you to be, it's what you are. Now everybody ain't gonna like you. Everybody ain't gonna get your comedy. Comedy is what you can re- relate to. If I can relate to it, it's funny. If I can't relate to it, it's not funny to me. That don't mean you're not funny, it's just I can't relate to what you saying. Wow. So you know, you have to be who you are. Ain't nobody ain't nobody uh, better than nobody. It's just somebody who got the most exposure, the person who got the big exposure. Everybody talking about the GOAT between Michael Jordan and, and DeBron, LeBron James, James and all that kind of stuff. What you going to base it upon? If you base it upon skills, LeBron James got the skills. He can play any position. He's got the skills. And he makes every city that he's in good. For as, but, but you bang, but you make it on marketing. LeBron James only can affect the cities that he's in. Michael Jordan affected the world. Michael Jordan, who's more exciting to watch in their heyday? Michael Jordan, all oh, day. Michael Jordan was. <laughs> so, so, but Michael Jordan, It's so called Michael Jordan was stingy. Yeah, he was selfish. Yeah, he was stingy. LeBron trying to please everybody. Okay, he said when you try to please everybody or try to be good to everybody and try to be, not, it's, it's boring.
0: Did you ever want to get into any like the acting and all that? Like, I
2: did acting. I did a I
0: did a movie with Alex Baldwin. Okay, Michael I Jobba, know you said you Michael did Jobba the plays. White. You I did, did one the play. You did. You I did. did. What I did. was Michael the name White. Of that
2: movie? Uh, Thick as thieves, Thick's, oh yeah! And brother yeah, man, yeah. brother man put me on that. They was they was. They, That's your boy right there. Yeah, I mean brother man hamburger. Those guys
0: I coach to all the time. That's hard, man. Like brother man, I seen him on. Uh, I think it was that Martin. A regional Ballot. Yeah, the reunion. Uh, uh, Martins. Uh, yeah. Martin, I seen him on there. Mm-hmm. I was happy to see him again on that ca- on that set,
2: man. Uh, how did you and him even meet? Well, he came to Steve Harvey's Comedy Club that it was in Dallas, and uh, we met, met. And also, we went overseas. Went overseas. Mr. Johnson, who was booking stuff over at SOS Clubs, uh, was all together.
0: Wow, so Brother Man, Brother Man was in that in, in, in the stand-up comedy before going on Martin, or just after? I'm no, after Martin. After Martin. after
2: Martin. after Martin. We, we felt, uh, I think, Rishon kind of, uh, Rishon who owned the hip hop comedy stop in Houston? Kind of figured it out, and he booked uh, a Brother Man at the uh, at his club in Houston. And we say, "Well, we need to bring him on up here to Dallas." And so we brought him, to, you know, brought him to Dallas at Steve Harvey Club, you know. So, uh, you know, it was, it was something that as a character that caught on. See, sometimes you got to figure out what what to catch on. You never know what the public gonna like. But if you got a certain type of niche or a certain type of uh, something, they, it catches. Mm. And then you can capitalize on it. And brother, man, been, brother, Reginald Ballard been capitalizing Reginald on ball all, all this time. You know you used to be a linebacker
0: for yeah, SMU. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? he was a bad boy. Yeah. You know, that's what people don't understand, man. When you, whatever your mission is, you're going to get to it. There's no way around it. That's your destiny, right? So, I, I mean, what? who would you like to, you know, what would you like to do now in this stage in your career? What's the What's the thing that you would like to accomplish? Well, I've
2: com- I sit back and thought about my life. I could co- have accomplished a lot. I mean, my my goal was to make Shuggy Duck a household word. I reached that. You did? No, I didn't say I was going to be the best comedian, uh, you know, but I, I can be the best comedian to myself because I'm learning the game. You got to learn the game. And once I learned that game, and I said, I started. I said, "What Kevin are doing?" I said, "Oh man, I'm ready now." Yeah, I, I'm, I I stand on that stage with the best of them, and then I said, man, hey, "You're an entertainer, man. You can't have no great hair. You know, people want you." I say, "Man, look at him. <laughs> I, ain't, I ain't trying to be 19. I ain't trying to be. Mm-hmm. Tw- I'm trying to be who I am." Man, and that's the best way to be. I'm gonna be who I am. They like the gray hair. They don't like. It. I see them young girls still come after me. The gray hair. Chuckie,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you know what when, if you and, and if you had to sum it all up, your legacy and your dynasty of who you are, the legend that you are. Um, what would you want people to remember you by?
2: To remember me by?
0: Yeah, like if they thinking of Chuckie. If there was a documentary being wrote, or, or what would you? What key thing element? It,
2: it, in your character, is it the Shucka Ducky name, the brand? Well, it had to be the Shucka Ducky name. Is it to say taking something from nothing and making it valuable? Yeah. And uh, if you if you ain't got a job, create you one. Wow. Yeah. If you ain't got a job, don't you have to sit back and wait for nobody to give you nothing? So then, and don't I don't sit back and wait. I yeah. mean, yeah, I, like I said when I, when I did this comedy thing, man, and I know I gave myself five years to get in there and get out, and I was making some money, more money than I ever made.
0: Wow, what would you say? What would you say to a young guy that's looking, is trying to learn how to do what you done, like to stand up, like the to be able to get himself on TV? Because you talking, you've been on major networks, man. You've done things that some guys will never do. That would love to be able to do that. How would you tell them? What would you tell them to keep them motivated? Well,
2: what can I say? I. <laughs> Just do it. I mean... To, don't give up? No, no you, you ain't got to give up. Sometimes you might have to stop and, and take a breath and look and, and evaluate and then may go back for it. You know, a lot of people say, don't stop. Don't, don't do... It. Man, but see, if you're doing comedy, you got to get material. Yeah. The only way you'll get the material is you got to do more things than just one thing. You got more stuff in, the, in than the newspaper. You got to actually do some certain things. I tried to flip houses. House flipped on me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you, After you bombed, oh, I say bombed. I don't want to say bombed. You can say bombed. Yeah. After you tripped out and and you got drunk, mm-hmm.
2: and what what did you think the next day? Do I need to do something else? <laughs> <laughs> I need to do something else. I, like I said, I did. I did. And that's that's when the circus called. Yeah. Right. And then when the circus called, okay, I said, I'm gonna do the circus, and I became the remaster, looked at the schedule, Saginaw was nowhere on the schedule. Mm. They rearranged the schedule. Wow. Next thing they was on the schedule. Hey. And then here you go, I go time I get in the hotel, they say, ooh, that the dude that cussed us out. <laughs> so what I find out is don't don't run from nothing. Don't try to hide from nothing. Face it. Face it. Whether the criticism is good or bad, face it. Because you're going to receive it again. You're going to see it again. So you're going to be true to yours. So any criticism that comes to me, I'm facing it. Man.
1: I got a question. Go so in all these years of um, promoting Shucky Ducky, mm-hmm. I know how society is. How many people have tried to steal that name?
2: Oh, a lot of people have not tried to steal it, They've done, done it. Done it? Yeah, done it. I mean, you you had to steal. take them to court? You use it. Nah, I didn't take them to court. I was... You know who first one did uh, uh Who stole Quincy it? Quincy Jones used it. What? Really? In the juke joint. Sugar that quack How did you feel? I was I was kinda like flattered, but Steve Harvey had a manager at the time named uh Warren. Mm-hmm. Warren came to me and told me, you know, about it. Oh man, we going we gonna we're gonna get at we gonna get that Quincy Jones. That's, right. That's, that's, you know, but he turned around and died. He died in the in the limousine. Mm. In the limousine. And then so I tried to do it myself. And then the, uh, the attorney, uh, the, the attorney general, I'm not attorney the entertainment attorney said, mm-hmm. if I did it, it would mess me up in the business. He said, you probably get 30000 or something, something like that. He said, yeah,
1: because it, that name right there that it it a, Yeah, yeah. It'll,
2: it'll mess you up in the business. And then I said, oh, okay. So I just went on. And, and a lot of people, Herman Cain used it, uh, uh, Booger T used it in the wrestling. A lot of people didn't use it. Mm. but you know I was the first one I mean, yeah. I've mean, i got the documentation to prove that I was the first one right. you know I was doing Pierre's show he's talking about well you stole it and I said well you still do <laughs> <laughs> shout out to
0: Pierre man he's yeah. doing a hell of a job yeah, he's doing there. a good job man. He he I, I love this show man it's so clean and, but yeah. you know uh, I just I, I always think about you guys man when I, when I see everybody grinding I'm like man I, you here in Dallas and to be here and, and not get you be crazy as hell so when I thought about it when, after we had talked yeah. man, I gotta get Chuckie. Chuckie Dougga gotta come on my show, man. So thank you so much for coming, man. Top three comedians of all time, dead or alive. Top, uh, top three comedians of all time, dead or alive. Who is your top three? Uh, top three, three only three. Number one. We want to go number three first. Whichever, uh,
1: whichever order you
2: want to put it in. Do I do it have to be influencers or just by the you, work top, or what no, I think no, your, your top overall. Three.
0: your top three no category.
2: Three. No category? No category. Number one. I, I Well, you know, Richard Pryor gonna have to be. Man, there. I That's love everybody. Richard Pryor. Yeah. That's everybody's yeah. number one. Yeah. That's a good because, choice. Because Richard Pryor, when he brought out that, uh, that nigga's crazy, see a lot of, when we were growing up, people didn't want to be no comedian, we wanted to be the folk tops, we wanted to be the Temptations, we wanted to be James Brown, we wanted to be singers. You know, but when he brought out that uh, that nigga's crazy, when that album came out, everybody was reciting that stuff in school because I had the album. I had, you know, I wasn't trying to be a comedian at the time. I just liked that material. And so uh he influenced a lot of young people who wanna be comedian. That's mm-hmm. how Eddie Murphy wanted mm-hmm. to become That's a comedian. Correct. That's so true. You, you know, so he had he had that. Number uh, two. Number two. Number two. Oh, shoot. Who got to say is number two? Uh I got to say, Robin Harris. Robin mm-hmm. Harris. Robin, that's that's Robin, a good... Definitely. Robin Harris. And number Robin three? Number three, I got to say, Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, man. Because Eddie Murphy put sex appeal in common. Right. You could be you could be on stage and you got a raggedy t-shirt or whatever, but then you start adjusting them leather pants and stuff like that, and people want to be a rock star... That'll be Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy.
1: Got, earlier you mentioned that Kevin Hart was the reason why you started, you know, when you thought of, he changed the game. Was he the first person who started um, doing comedy about his life and so forth? Uh, no, like uh-uh. Richard Pryor
2: talked about his life. Okay. Okay. Uh, Eddie Murphy talked about his life. It's just the way he does it's it. The it's the, the way, way he you, you look in, You here's, here's Kevin Hart starting out. I, I, I just hear stuff on the road. Kevin Hart didn't care who went in front of him. Uh, who went? Who we had to come behind? He didn't care. Mm. He stayed on focus of what he wanted to present. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A lot of us comedians, we'll be afraid if somebody's gonna kill kill your show. They come up, they bam, they bam, 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 bam knock it out. Then I got to come and uh, do a thing, and my stuff just die. Because mm. a, a lot of my stuff did that. Yeah, it did that. I mean, I did I did the show. Uh, in, the, uh, in the in the in the Bermuda, I did a show in Bermuda, and all them guys were bam 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 bam, sex going down, doing bam, and I come up there with this shucky ducky, and and then shit was going going way down. Yeah, and I told the man, I said, man, we gotta change all of this show. He said. No, I ain't change. He said, we can't change the order of the show. I said, man, we gotta change the order of the show. He said, We're gonna change the money. I said, we ain't changing no money. I said, people still coming in because I'm here. We ain't changing no money. He said, Well, what we gonna do? I said, i tell you what, I die every night, but we ain't changing no damn money. Yeah. I said he changed the order of that show. I hosted, show went well. Because I knew what my lane was. Exactly. I knew, I knew, I knew what my I I knew what my strength was as far as my comedy was concerned. Because I was still trying to develop. Because you got people gunslingers want to show you up, off of your crowd, off, off of people come to see you. Yeah, and then the people looking at me, my man, you should have it You Shouldn't even been here. He should have been somewhere else. You know.
1: So if I was supposed to say, okay, I'm going to name some comedians, and I want you to tell me, the first thing that comes on your mind about these comedians, like what stands out the most. Um, Cat Williams.
2: Very intelligent, uh, very funny, natural comedian. Birdie Mack. Uh, Bernie Mac, very confident. Uh, I, I just say uh, he, he had a lot of confidence. He had a lot of style. He had a style. Dave Chappelle. Very intelligent, intellectual, more of a storyteller to me than a comedian. Mm. Bill Cosby. Bill Cosby, storyteller, uh, a, a revolutionary. Uh, very, he had a lot of power in what he did, but you know, he was very re- revolutionary. Eddie Griffin, very intelligent, natural comedian. Can do. uh, I mean, he's got substance. He can talk about anything, make anything funny. Gary Owens. Gary Owens. Uh, I don't know about (laughs) Gary (laughs) (laughs) Owens. I was gonna get you. You don't know about Gary Owens. I mean, he 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 made it. I mean, he 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 used what he got, and he made it. So uh, I can say he used what he got, and he made it. (laughs) Michael Blackston Michael Blackston I don't know that much about Blackston he you know uh, was, you know motherfucker <laughs> but, he,
1: you know, but
2: he, he made it too
1: okay got it
2: Country Wayne Country Wayne I, I, I like Country Wayne uh, somebody told me one day man these internet comedians they ain't funny and such and such they, Country Wayne he ain't that, that funny I said let me go see Country Wayne
1: and So, you went and so
2: I went to see Country Wayne and I say somebody's helping him because I say he, say he sound good to me and he look good to me because Country Wayne has that presence. He has a star presence. He has a presence about him. He's mm-hmm. likable. He's mm-hmm. enjoyable. And then he's using what he, uh, what he got and what he know, even though it's simple, but he's using it and his personality is so likable. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why he's winning.
1: Um, phase on Love. That's, he crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he, he crazy. That, that, I mean, he, he, he's crazy. He, he say what is on his mind. He say what he. You know, it's his opinion. Mm-hmm. Everybody's coming from their opinion.
1: That's
0: true. Right.
2: Wow. So you you got a show coming up this week at the Improv. Yes, March the twenty ninth, Wednesday night. Yeah. Oh, did you ever meet Dick Gregory? Yeah, I met Dick Gregory. Tell me a story about him. I don't know that much to be telling those stories so about why is him. That? I, I'll, I'll, all I know is, is he's a, a very uh, influential person, a person who knew a lot. I mean, I follow some of those, uh, uh, listen to him, and mm-hmm. try to uh, Google or research some of the stuff he was saying. They, she said, some at some university had a uh, department of hospitality or carriage and something like that. And I, I called; they did have one. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes you know it's it's way out there. You you know, but. It sounds like it's right, <laughs> uh, true, but he, he was a very interesting person. Very Being interesting. a comedian,
1: how important is it to gain knowledge? Because I realize a lot of these comedians, not all, um, tend to do a lot of research and impart knowledge onto people, not just to be funny.
2: Well, if they, if they like what I was, trying to find, you're trying to get to the bottom of the truth and what life is and what life is all about. And the better way you can find it really is through comedy. Because you'll be able to say some things that you normally wouldn't be able to say. You can experience certain different things you normally wouldn't be able to experience because it's, you being curio- you're being curious. Mm-hmm. You want to know why. Why I got to do this? Why I got to do that? Why is this such and like this? And so. And just pass it off as comedy.
1: Although that's Yeah, you can real, pass it off
2: as but- comedy, but- but it's the way of you can say it cause you can get away with a lot of stuff with comedy mm-hmm. now sometimes comedy even got brutal got too direct too personal you know but a lot of stuff you can just say it in comedy and you can learn from it uh, impart it you can keep it you can retain it through comedy faster got than it. you can through
0: and let me ask you about uh, this I, as a rapper he on the wall about 3-4 times O.T.I. He switches over into comedy and but he was in the music first. Had you ever seen that before where well, a person come from doing music into comedy, whether it was RB. Well, uh, T P.
2: Hearns was a singer and he he did comedy. You okay. know, a lot of, uh T I had his own fan base.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So therefore he really didn't step over nobody or behind nobody because he had his own fan base. You know what I'm saying? So he can go out there, you know, you can go out there and bomb, do what you want to do, and experiment, because you got your fan base. It ain't like, it ain't like a, a comedian that's trying to come up. He's a person who wanted to give a shot, like, almost like a bucket list or whatever you want to do. Right. So he went out there and tried to do it. But he found out there's it, more to it than, than just getting on that stage.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, there's just more to it than that, you know.
0: Wow. I got a friend, um, one of my friends, I ain't going to really give his name out or nothing, but he know who he is. You know um, these jokes, man. Have anybody? You I know you say Quincy took something of yours and started using it. Um, a joke. If you see a joke on stage, or somebody see you do a joke, have you ever had the experience? Somebody, somebody steal st- your, joke. Somebody your joke. Somebody did do
2: my joke. One day a joke right in front of me at the at the uh, uh, at the hip hop comedy. Uh, club he did, right, well, did right in front yeah, of, right in front who of did? me <laughs> did right in front of me we was coming up he did right but 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 <laughs> who
1: did he <they> say <laughs> he didn't say I, who. I didn't say who it okay. was <laughs> <don't say laughs> he's not going to say but, who but
2: uh uh it did it did but you know but you get influenced by uh uh comedians and and, and you get so you might if you got a favorite comedian you might take a little from that uh, comedian, but what you can't steal from a comedian is personality. See, when you do a person, when you're stealing, when when I feel like a person is stealing, they're stealing a personality. Mm -hmm. They're saying the same, they're doing the joke, the uh, mannerism and everything. Look, I'm, I'm gonna say this, and I always say this. It's not the material that make you big. It's not the material. Every preacher got the same material. Why is one preacher bigger than the other preacher? They got the same material. It's either the organization around you or your personality. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. That's what it is.
1: And that's entertainment. That's life in period. Yeah.
2: everybody going say, you stole my joke. You know? but man, you I, I, there's so many words in the dictionary. You steal a whole
0: dictionary? You <laughs> stole my joke. Let me, um, and I agree with you because like I said, I see these uh, comedians. Like I said, a lot of them are delivering. Are you ever going to get in the internet side and give us some stuff? I've on been your doing. Page? I've been. I'm, are you on Facebook per, per I'm, all, I'm, the, I'm, all the time?
2: I'm, I'm doing. I'm. I can't do it as much. I I, I I try to do it, but just, man, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it, it is right. It is. I got. need a. W-2. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bag over I there. I need It's a bag over there. It's a bag over there. You can do it. I mean, I said I got a I got a CD that I did. Back in 96, 97, mm-hmm. I would talked about the internet. I talked about the internet before it even blew up. Really? I, thought, I told him you can make money with it. I I, 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 can give you one of them CDs. It's on my. It's on my thing. You had already I, talked. I, I about I already it. talked about it. I already knew about it. I mean, I, but you I, ain't jumped in there. I and didn't jump into. I, I, I had a whole book on. I should have jumped in it when I had this book to go through the whole thing of it. But sometimes. I'm afraid to be too, too popular where you can't go nowhere. That's mm-hmm. it. You can't go nowhere, you can't, you can't eat, you can't. You know, sometimes celebrity is good. I'm, so, I'm glad I'm a, like a borderline. People know me, now they begin to, oh that's Shaka Ducky, that's Shaka Ducky. But I can sit down and talk to the regular people. Boss talk for to put that eyesight on you I can tell you that right no, now. No, you put no boss talk.
0: Chuckie, now your boss talk for to make yeah. you right over here.
2: But I, I, because I, I love they ain't Like I've
0: been looking for Chuckie now. I, I love <laughs>
2: talking to. I love talking to everyday people. Yeah, me too. And man. I like to be uh, be uh, be just the home uh, home bar with you. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to be so big. I'm way up here. You can't talk to me. I, I mean, as long as I can take care of my bills. And I can do what I want to do, and still travel. I don't travel. I don't travel, man. I've been to Italy, Japan, Spain, uh, Japan, Japan, Germany. Oh, yeah. I, I don't been. I don't been no. I don't been. i done toured uh, the United States about. 40 times with the circus with stand up comedy with gospel plays let me ask you that I know,
1: I've been sitting down here calculating I'm like okay he had his child when he was 20 something in 79 and then he said he was tw- I'm like you don't I know the gray hair I don't look at the gray hair but I look at your skin mm-hmm. you look young you
2: look good I look you young look, you, you look good, look good man. Man. Because well, you I'm have, 67 if you want to know, know I what I you was really, was I'm 67 six I calculated well, well, right around but I'm, you look I'm 60 six and a half
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: six, six and a half
0: uh, look good. When you when you sitting at the house or sitting somewhere and you hear Mike Epps say what he said about uh, Chris Rock doing this and and it causing your or, or was it Steve Harvey? No, no, what? It, was, it, was Chris. it was Chris Rock.
2: Was, I mean, that was, was Mike Embs Mike Mike said, said, said that. said that. Mike said okay,
0: that. but what do what you... you like, dang, this internet it ain't gonna let me, uh, um, yeah, me duck off. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm, trying yeah,
2: I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to duck off. I'm trying to duck off. Even, even uh, Kevin Hart said, when, <laughs> when Kevin Hart when Kevin Hart and Mike Embs was in uh, having a battle back yeah. in the thun, and uh, Kevin Hart say, I do stadiums and I do such such. He told Mike Epps he do... Uh, 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 clubs and and theaters or whatever you know he say uh 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 uh, uh get on your level he going say like shucky ducky or something like that says, I say I, I say, what, where did I get into is- why did he come telling me you know cause, you know because I had blew up that right. name blew up and they think I should be bigger than what I mm, really yeah. was mm-hmm. you know but you know I'm, I'm not hung up on it. I did my thing did I made age. shucky ducky You're house no work that's what your aim was yeah I mean I know what my lane is exactly.
0: and I think that's I I think that's dope to I have all, my all you saying is I have self awareness.
1: Oh yeah, people like me who never knew who you are. I tell people every time they sit in that seat, mm-hmm. people can't hear your music or see your entertainment, comedy, yep. comedy, whatever, and they love it. But I think people fall more in love with you when As they find out. Who you are and the struggles that you had to go through and what you know what I mean. I think
0: that's the, I think that's the antidote. I think that's what people are missing that in this day and time because of the digital media and digital you know the way people are doing things now they want to hear more about you and see you more mm-hmm. and it also builds your brand. And your, and your worth, you know. I had a guy come on here and said that once he left his show, his money went way up because people were looking Diddy. for him. Oh, you the Tonight Show. No, no, no. Johnny <laughs> Carson. <Carter. No>, you <laughs> the Johnny <laughs> Carson internet. Something, like, something, like in that, that. That. something like that. Yeah, no, I'm you're, just you're say, I think it's just people seeing him. Because you. he
1: was missing in action he, for a long time. And him. nobody hadn't seen him. And once and he, he came had, back had, out like said,
0: that. He said hooked him people up. People started calling him. That's just one case. Every damn body ain't said that Shuggie Duggy. Yeah, so I ain't doing too much. We ain't there yet. Not yet, but I just I value. No, the No, you fact. got a
2: you got a. Uh, uh, I saw. I've seen several of uh, your podcasts, and it was good. Uh, that's good because you know I was trying to get in touch with somebody. And I gave you a call. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but uh, I enjoyed uh, that. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, but I seen it. It, it looks good. Thanks, thank man. We 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 show we, we trying to bring it
0: home, huh? Yes, yeah, sir. Man, thank you, uh, Shug. How can people get a hold to you if they trying to check out your Facebook, Instagram, or just? where are you gonna be at well, I tell y'all this be patient with me
2: cause uh, you know I'm still on the itch a sketch uh, type of a uh, thing but uh, no you got the real Shucky Ducky is the real Shucky Ducky on Facebook you got, you got me Shucky Ducky on Facebook the real Shucky Ducky on Instagram and uh, TikTok and email I, I gotta you don't my check email emails? is full man I had a Yahoo account I had an AOL account that uh, you know that's old when you Got that's an AOL, AOL. Account. Oh, like, no, I, hotmail is old oh well, yeah, hotmail, hotmail, I, I, well I had a Yahoo account and it filled up, and then I got me a Google account that filled up, man. Oh, mm. and then you don't
1: be checking it.
2: Maybe I'll be, be spams and, and all. And delete. That. You need to delete them. I get tired of
1: delete.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I got oh about oh forty man. thousand emails. I need to delete everything, but I'm scared to delete everything. I, I'm going to lead everything. Man. Start all over again. So, man, I, I, I want to say thank you for
0: coming on Boss thank Talk you, 101, yes. man. Well, thank you for having me. We love you. We appreciate you, bro. And he's, he brought up Tom John. I seen Tom John at the strip club by five, six years ago. I ain't seen him. Where is he oh, at? You did,
2: don't be, oh, you didn't <laughs> tell him. Where tell him is him at? To he is at? To, he is you just threw that all out there. Well, well, I, I don't be curious. know where uh, have Tom John is. I ain't know. Hey, we looking
0: for Tom John over, oh, over here at Boss Talk you want to I want to interview Tom John over here at Boss Talk 1. don't be using me to Come try to get to no, Tom no, John. I know you know Shucky Ducky. I don't know him now. I don't know that. Everybody you talk, I don't know people that well. I ain't all in their business. Well, the one thing about it, if if they spoke your name or something like that, or if you said you have been around them or if they just putting their name in you, you, your name everywhere. I knew your name. I used to be like, damn, that's Shucky Ducky. You know, it's just the name and the way you presented it that made people really remember you, man. It's real catchy. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's dope that we got the story. And right. it's
1: like, it's like every time you say Shuck Ducky now, it's like Y'all you have quack, to say quack quack. quack.
0: <laughs> Shuck ducky quack quack. Hey and man I, and You know what I say man? Quack quack back. Uh-huh. <laughs> man, check it man. It's been another great segment. A boss talk one oh one what a boss is talk. And we out.